Hello and welcome to the Saints FC podcast. Uh, we are back for the 2020 to 21 season. Um, it seems like we're late. It's the 7th of September. We would normally be doing this sort of show a month earlier, but it also feels like football's barely just gone. And um, it wasn't all that long ago, Tom, that I was speaking to you before. So, Tom, how are you? Yeah, really good, John. Really, really good. Um, excited about the football starting again. And, and how's this mini break from football treated you? Have you have you coped well in the few weeks that I've not had a chat to you about football? <laughs> Although, I mean, I've, I think I guess so. we have kept the conversation going over WhatsApp, but yeah, I don't. It's been um, it's been a, it's just it's going to be such an intense time, isn't it? For what is it? The Premier League season that's shorter. There's no winter break. Um, there's no rest. You know, for players, um, Harry Kane. Looks exhausted. The season hasn't even started. It's going to be great fun. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird. It's going to be the um, like schedule-wise. It's going to be so action-packed, isn't it? There's just going to be game after game after game after game. Yeah. And then stadium-wise, it's going to be absolutely sparse, with like hardly anyone there at all. It's going. To, it's, it's going to be a bizarre season, and hopefully. Before the end of the season, Tom, you and I would have been able to actually go and watch a live game. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, not sure whether that's going to be the case or not. In fact, I'm just going to add that to our predictions list. Will we get to see a game in person? Interesting. The good thing is the game, our first game, is the one that's closest to me. It's just down the road, Palace. Yeah. And it's behind closed doors. Typical. What are you going to do? You're going to um, you're going to wander down. Hire a cherry just picker. Just outside the ground. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just put a same shot on off for any uh, Chris Price fans who don't want to fight. <laughs> Do you reckon you can sneak in out of the back of the Sainsbury's? Because you know there's like a Sainsbury's built. Yeah, into yeah. The stadium. It's like built into a Sainsbury. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, reckon. Probably... That, that, do you think there's like a Narnia sort of door if you go into like the frozen aisle or something? Through the meat the end? A bit. Yeah. And you can like you sneak like pull in. on a haunch of haunch of beef and the door opens. You're there in the tunnel. It's how Wilf Zaha actually sneaks into the ground without getting, um, you know, mobbed by fans. He dresses up as, as someone from the Sainsbury's meat counter and slips in behind and then kind of uh, get, gets into the stadium. You, you heard it here, Tom. Um, right, we should probably get on to some real stuff. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah do it, John. Go so for it. It's our season preview episode, which means we have to make some predictions, which will all be horribly wrong by the end of the season. But it's fun doing it, and it gives us a chance to talk about what we think... Um, you know, Saints are going to get up to this season. One unusual bit is that we've already had an England game before we're doing this uh, season preview. So we had a rather dubious 1-0 win um, over Iceland. And the England games, we don't normally spend an awful lot of time talking about them because there haven't traditionally been that many Saints players in the England squad. 
but we've had Ings and James Ward-Prowse um, playing against Iceland. Ings is first game for England for many, many moons. And I think, you know, that's testament to everything that he's done to kind of get himself back to fitness, injury-free in um, the season that he's had. And then James Ward-Prowse had his first start for England. Um, and you yeah. could almost argue, although maybe not the full 90-minute performance, certainly stoppage time performance was almost worthy of man of the match. Yeah, he did his his, uh, his bleep housery, didn't he, that everyone loves. I, you know, the best thing about it was not that he did it, and not obviously that I saw this penalty, was you got Roy Keane, who's one of the most brilliant, but vicious and nasty and horrible professional footballers of modern time, sort of was bemoaning it, wasn't saying it's cheating and I don't like to see it. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, Roy Keane, Bath Houses. Yeah, I mean, Roy but, Keane, did, did, what's... Um... Did, did he didn't Roy Keane walk out of the island? Yeah, didn't Roy Keane walk out of the World Cup because he didn't get on with Mick McCarthy or something like that? Yeah. Um, how yeah, about I mean, here's I, another one? Didn't he also basically assault um, Alvinger Harland? Yeah, almost finished his career. So I think we'll take I think we'll take a moral <laughs> high ground from someone else. Thanks, Roy. Yeah. And Jamie O'Hara. Well. Jamie O'Hara was really annoyed about it. Um, you know, who's mostly famous after a few games of Spurs for, for marrying a glamour model. So I think, you know, I think James Will perhaps probably slept pretty soundly, um, unlike a couple of his England colleagues. <laughs> well, um, I guess, you know, Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood are going to be um, missing out for the game against Denmark, um, which I, I suppose probably further cements James Will Prowse's chance to be starting for England again. And um, yeah. England versus Denmark, you know, that's the big James Will Prowse, Pierre Emil Hoiberg showdown, isn't it? <laughs> the reunion. And uh, I mean, I think with Greenwood out, I mean, also, uh, I didn't watch all of the game. I watched bits of the game on Saturday, but um, uh, was it was Sunday. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. But yeah, as they, Harry Kane looked exhausted. And whether they'll want to put Harry Kane through a second game in three or four days, I don't know. You might see, uh, you might see two Saints players start tomorrow night which would be very exciting do you, I mean do you think so and and this is the thing do you remember um, last season Tom this time last season we were talking about a Saints start to the season and correct me if I'm wrong but had Burnley played some European football qualifiers at this um, point they certainly had the season before that yeah uh, I, I mean it was all very um you know, it was quite strange. It was just a terrible style. Yeah. But, I mean, the the, the, the the point that I kind of wanted to get get onto with that, is that going to benefit Danny Ings and James Will-Prowse and the other players that are getting some international games this week? Is it going to benefit them at the weekend when we end up going to, to Palace? Are they going to feel more ready, more fit, just because they've had that more game time? I mean, I... I, I mean, well, I, I, yeah. There hasn't been an know, awful I mean, lot of a pre-season, has there? No, well, Sterling said that, uh, I think Sterling almost talks about that in the interview after being the game where he said, well, you know, this is the best way to get up to speed is to play games, um, which is a funny way to talk about a sort of semi-competitive um, <laughs> international fixture. But, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, Palace, uh, which I, I guess we'll come on to, don't seem to have had much of a, you know, like all, like, Saints haven't really, have they? Not much of a pre-season. Yeah. You know, they're certainly not the sort of intense foreign training camp that you normally see from Saints. 
Um, so yeah, I, you know, you'd say so. I mean, Saints have had a lot of players, haven't they, in international action? I think, uh, you know, Stuart Armstrong, Bednarek, obviously Ward Prowse, Danny Ings, um, Vestergaard, I think, has played as well. So there's a fair few in the, in the mix there that, that represent the country. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, Ralph won't have very long to with them before the start of the season but then in many ways I think kind of what we did in lockdown that was you know Ralph Ball that is what he's been trying to do um so if he sticks with kind of broadly the same lineup that we finished the last season with um because it was such a short period of time ago I think that might be okay I think you know the players will click yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't worry me but um because I think you're right, it's just the system, isn't it? And, and I think, you know, one of the best things that happened to Saints was the, was the Project Restart break because it almost gave him the opportunity to, again, like really hammer home that system into the players. Okay. Also, even if they're not playing, you know, I mentioned they've all got iPads with all sorts of videos and diagrams and graphs and everything, you know, pointing out what they need to be doing. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I, I've got the um, the Saints squad photographs here right and all the players there's well there's two players and one ex-player that i think are looking at you know like they've got a bit of a paunch on one of those is sofia Pufal. Pufal looks like a big lad doesn't he i mean he, i'm sure he was the, the you know the skinny guy from morocco when we bought him he's now looking pretty beefy um yeah but not in a good way is he? no i Got a bit of a paunch. Yeah, it's coming I mean, out of the front, he, isn't it? He can't. I mean, he surely he can't be, but at the same time, he no get. I mean, it could just be a bad picture, but it does look like he's put. I mean, how's he put on weight? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, he's also got one of those beards, which is quite good at you know hiding a double chin if if you've got one. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I know about that better than anyone. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he, who else are you going to say? So you, well, because Ryan Bertrand he looks like he's got a little country. bit of middle middle age spread as well in his picture. Oh, that number three. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a bad bad photographer. An angle, John. I mean, we're all capable of it. Yeah, I mean, that's Bertrand's a pro. He's surely not going to let himself go. No, I mean, it's it's mainly the angles I think that have been the problem for me. For you know most of my life in terms of the photographs. Uh, but Kelvin Davis, he's I mean, not, he's not looking does, great either, does, is he? Kelvin is, you know, he's enjoying retirement, isn't he, clearly. Um, they're kind of quite menacing a lot of those, actually, the, the sort of back, <laughs> the, the sort of the bench photos, aren't they? They're a bit scary. Like, Kelvin's sort of that shadow. It looks like he's kind of like coming out of a prison shadow to sort of shanky or something. It's a bit scary. <laughs> Um, so anyway, well, ladies and gents, basically what's Tom and I doing? We're looking at the Southampton FC first team photographs. And the reason we're doing that is because we were just having a chat before we started recording that we're looking a little bit thin in terms of our first team squad. Is that is that fair to say, Tom? I mean, maybe not across all positions, well, yeah, we, I mean, but I think, no. I think the midfield looks a bit thin. Yeah. We've almost, um, so we've got two for every position at the back, you know, four centre-backs, two left-backs, two right-backs. You know, we've got arguably probably one too many first-choice goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then, you, you know, for a team whose midfield pivot is so crucial, um, we look a little bit light in the centre midfield because what do we look at? here, John? We're looking at three centre midfielders. Um, yeah, Ramey, I mean, this. May Ward Prowse and Smallbone. And, and Smallbone, I'm sort of shoehorning him into that because he's, he's not really played there. No, I mean, it, it's. It's in. I mean, it it looks light, doesn't it? I mean, the the thing is, Tom. If you know, let's say if Reed and Lamina were still out on loan, or you know, we still have Pierre, it, it feels like we probably had someone lined up to replace Pierre Emil Hoiberg, and it hasn't quite happened. Or, or, or you're right, just to kind of like beef up what we've got in in the middle, because you know, Armstrong, Buffal, Smallbone, Redmond. They're all they're all played out wide, aren't they? Gineppo as well. They're not going to be coming into the middle, which mm. means you've only got Ward Prowse, uh, Romeo, and then Smallbone. I suppose Armstrong could play in the middle if he was needed, but it, it does seem light. And and I wonder, yeah. if, you know, did we actually feel like we were going to get Weston McKenney? Because I mean, he's gone to Juventus, which I can see why a player might choose Juventus over Southampton. You mean you want to live in? Would you rather live in Turin than in the Southampton job? Really? Well, then I'll that maybe. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I wonder if we might see another another player kind of bought because I mean normally you'd expect twenty two players in your first team. You know, two two for every position. We've got four goalkeepers. We've got four, you know, strikers. Um, but then yeah, mid midfield just looks that little bit light. I think we could. Or, or are we going to promote someone through from the under twenty threes? I mean, perhaps that's something we could we could come into. But I, I think we got, you know, our transfer business. It looked like we got the two main bits of business done early, but we seem to be missing the third bit of business. Is that how you feel? It's gone with get, bringing in Salisu and Carl Walker Peters. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I do, and I think it's all well and good, isn't it? I mean, War Powers. Uh, obviously played every minute of every game last season, every Premier League game. Uh, but that's quite an exceptional thing and you know, they can't really rely on someone doing that. Romeo looked good when he came in towards the end, um, but obviously we know he has a tendency to get booked quite a lot. Um, he's going to miss games. Uh, um, and also, you know, he's, he's arguably a lot different footballer from, from Hoiberg. And I think there's been a kind of, quite a lot of revisionism from Saints fans in terms of how important Hoiberg was. I thought it was really interesting, uh, you know, example of kind of football fans sort of being, well, it doesn't matter, you know, he's actually not that important. He's actually not as big a deal for us. He welcomes me. He's not been very good, but really, um, he's actually vital to how State's played over the last couple of years in terms of his ability to break the ball and his ability to, to get the ball uh, away quickly. Um, and, and I just think we we haven't got that. And Romeo, for all his strengths and all his skills and you know in terms of his winning the ball back and his aggression and his experience uh, um you know we you, you can't argue that he's a, a life or life replacement and i uh, just my worry is, is that unless we get one uh we are what then we are one red car we are one injury away from what midfield pivot which is what small bone and one other yeah i mean if, if we if we look at maybe um maybe maybe the idea is you'd move armstrong in yeah um Potentially, I mean, I'm sure Ralph must have a plan because otherwise, you'd expect there'd be an awful lot more 
news and rumours circulating around Saints trying to bring in another midfielder. But you know, just to kind of emphasise how important um, Hoiberg has been uh, to Saints over the last four seasons, he's played thirty-five games, twenty-eight games, thirty-three games, and thirty-eight games across the season. So not an ever-present like James Will Prowse, but a lot of games there. Um, you know, a, a lot of game time. Only four goals, all of them. Not in, in last season, but the season before that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was an important part of Saints' team. And it's not often that you would sell a first-team player and not kind of directly replace them. But, you know, we, we kind of coped without him at the end of last season. Um, so I'm sure that's kind of at the forefront of, of the, the minds of Ralph and the management team there. But... You're right, we're only a, a suspension to Romeo, an injury you know, to Ward Prowse. Let's hope that doesn't happen. And suddenly we're looking very, very thin on the ground. But I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure kind of what, where we're looking in terms of finances. I mean, LD Sports have pulled out in terms of the sponsorship of Saints. And I think, you know, they're partly owned by our owner, um, which is, you know, interesting because, uh, you know, I thought there's, there's maybe some kind of dodgy financial play there. But Saints are saying that they're suing them, but then do you sue a company that's owned by your owner? That that doesn't seem... I mean, it all seems a bit funny, doesn't it? So perhaps the money's trickling up. Very murky. The, you also had the um, uh, Premier League Chinese football television deal. Like, they, they hadn't paid up. And so the Premier League have kind of cut them loose. And that's like 500-odd million for the Premier League so I mean I, I wonder if there's some things going on there kind of politically or financially between Chinese ownership of the Premier League and just but generally the Chinese relationship with the Premier League which has been pumping a lot of money into that that league for a while and maybe there's some some bumps in the road there yeah I mean well and also you've got no no gate receipt um for for not for sort of for a quarter of last season and for god knows how long this coming season uh, you know, players took what a temporary pay cut, but they're probably back on the money now. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think obviously we're really linked to, as you say, to, to, to Western McKenney. Um, I just, I just really, you know, you have to trust the club because they get it right. But you worry about the loss of Harrison Reed. Harrison Reed just seemed like the one player. Um, I saw him a couple of times on TV for Fulham last year, and he was just, you know, he, you'd have thought he'd be perfect for Saints. Um, yeah, and I mean, also there's a there's a broader question about just money money in general. I mean, you know, ten twelve million pounds for um for uh for Pierre, um, you know, what eight million pounds Harrison Reed. So we're probably you know Winch as a silly too, and um uh and while Carl Walker Peters deals are probably net you know net spend of what two or three million. So you would think we would have some money to spend. Yeah, well, I've had a little look yeah. on online of the Saints transfer dealings, and yeah, Hoiberg was out um, for about seventeen million. Uh, this is all in euros, by the way. So I'm on a European website. Apologies for those that like to work in pounds and pence, but they're pretty similar, pretty comparable at the moment. So about seventeen million for Hoiberg, uh, nine million for Reed, Mario Lamina with a loan fee of two point two million. It's got here, so it's twenty seven million coming in, and then. 25 million going out with Carl Walker Peters, apparently 13 million to Tottenham, and then Salisu is 12 million uh, euros to Real Velavoid. Uh, not Real Velavoid, Real Velad. I can't say it, Tom, but you know, Real, Real V. Is it Real 
Valladolid. Real, Real Valladolid. Valladolid. Dolid. Yeah. Dolid, I think. I don't yeah. Um, we're not. But very... Yeah. I don't, it's, it's just for me, it's, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we're, you, you, you think we're going to have a bigger net spend than that. And mm. um, that, that's a bit worrying. Well, I mean, like presumably they, they they got the football done. Project restart happened, which guarantees the money still coming in. So you would have thought there would be some investment. We finished quite strongly in the league. We would have got a few extra million quid for doing that. So, yeah, um, I, d- I mean, hopefully there's another signing in there. I think we also kind of did this last year, and we we're like, oh, how come we haven't signed a centre back yet? And then we, you know, signed Kevin Danso, and we're all delighted. Um, <laughs> Let's hope um, Salisi is a you know more, you know, more of a kind of like Alderweireld Van Dyke than a, the Kevin Dance uh, type. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you've read the articles about him, but you know he seems kind of very well rated. Um, pretty much, I think the kind of the the last article. Um, that Carl Anker wrote uh, about Saints before he kind of he took his big money transfer off to to Manchester United, um, but you know. Li- Looks like yeah, he's had really rapid rise from Ghana um, straight into Real um, Real V, as I like to call them, and um, <laughs> he's had two seasons there. He's, he's very highly rated, and one of the the things that kind of like Carl kind of quoted in his athletic article about him was that many people kind of imagined that his fee might treble just in the space of a season. Um, so you know, if we're talking about a player that we've brought in for twelve million and he might be trebling in value, I mean that's that's there, there's some big things expected of him, and and there were a lot of people it seemed willing to really talk the guy up. You know, I, I remember when um, I think it was when we had Klaus Lundekvam on the podcast and I asked him about Elian Nusi, and he was a bit like, yeah, he's kind of all right. You know, he didn't really big him up. So you know, sometimes <laughs> players do big them up, but it, the kind of gushing reviews that Salisi's had looks like he could become a, a really, really fantastic player. Yeah, and and yeah, I think for all of the improvements that Stevens has made over the last few years, and he's made you know leaps and bounds, it's, you know, ten times the player he was, both in defence and in terms of bringing the ball forward. And you know, Bednarek is incredibly solid. Um, it's still a weak spot for us, isn't it? That that sense of our position. So I think. Yeah, we've never replaced Van Dyke. You could argue that it's almost basically impossible to replace Van Dyke. Um, but Salisu, you know, described as what Rolls Royce for the defender. You know, could, could this be the guy? I mean, he, everyone, like you say, everyone is raving about this guy. We seem to have pulled off quite a coup by signing him and also signing him for 12 million. When you look at, you know, Arsenal, people like that are paying easily double that for defenders from the French League. So it, it's very exciting, but who knows? I mean, but he's played Messi, he kept Messi recently quite by all accounts, so he must be pretty mustard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm excited about seeing him and I think, you know, um, I don't think we will necessarily see him straight away because if you look at the interviews and the things that Ralph has said about him, you know, they're saying he's got to get used to the style and stuff like that. So there will be a journey for him to go on to. So we, we'll almost certainly be starting with Stevens and Bednarek. Um in place but I mean I'm sure he will get his opportunity um you know at some point you know Ralph is going to realize that Saints FC podcasts were right all along and that Jack Stevens is really Pirlo in disguise and he's going to be pushed forward a bit and then you know there's going to be the space for Salisa to fall into that um 
obviously we an, another good signing, Tom Carl Walker Peters. That was a very important signing, I think. It felt Absolutely. like a relief to get him over the line. Yeah, well, see, so you worried, didn't he? Because he played so well for Saints, so you worried that someone else would just sort of come in. I think, um, I think West Ham were in with him, weren't they as yeah. well? But um, yeah, really important signing. Obviously, someone that just gets it for Saints, um, and uh, you know, I would argue probably our second or third most skillful player on the ball after Redmond and Buffal. Uh Yeah, he's. A, I mean, a brilliant signing, and also what's a five-year deal, fully committed. Um, you know, obviously going to just be number one fullback, you know, number one right back for Saints, um, which, you know, has been a troublesome position for, well, probably a good couple of years now since uh, sort of Suarez went off the boil a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, I didn't know how far back you were going to go then. If you're going to go, like, you know, Ryan, um, if you're going to go, you know, for um, Jason, Jason Dodd. Dodd or something like that, you know, <laughs> just being a bit weak there, a bit light. Um no, it's great to see him signing up for for the long term. But, you know, I do feel like we are certainly another midfielder short in terms of the, the transfer window. Maybe we'll see another one brought in. Who knows what quality we'll be getting. Um, I mean, there's been a few loans going out. Not many loan signings coming back in, but there is one who's been given a squad number. And yeah. that's uh, Fraser Forster. So do, do you think he's going to be like a new signing? Or is this just? Know, are John. we trying to riff on a, you know, something that's that's long since died out? Because I mean, by all accounts, he had a pretty good season at Celtic um, last year. I yeah. know it is a different league, but he had a very good season at Celtic before he signed for Saints, and he did the first time around. He did very very well for us, didn't he? Yeah, and I, we've all seen you know the best of Fraser Forster, and when he is at his best, he is arguably uh, you know a top top quality goalkeeper we've also seen the worst of his and um, I was at the last game he played for Saints the West Ham away where we lost 3-0 and absolutely across the park Saints were awful but Forster just looks completely lost um, now obviously he's got his confidence back up in Scotland it is fascinating I can't see him being number one straight off the bat but um, you know three and two doesn't go obviously one of our goalkeepers, one of our sort of first choice goalkeepers is going to have to leave. It's probably going to be gone uh, out on loan. Um, but for, I mean, obviously Ralph wants to give him a chance. I mean, but isn't it kind of symptomatic? We talk about these low players that we just had these players out on, on mega money. And mm. if you look, to, uh, you know, see today, Hoyt is now they're talking about another loan for Hoyt to go to Anderlecht. And, um, you know, to your point, John, we, we have, We've not signed a centre midfielder. I wonder if, wonder if our failure to sign a centre midfielder, how much of that could be based upon the fact that we've got what, you know, probably in, until Lamina went to Fulham, who can probably afford to pay his wages, we probably had what, quarter of a million pounds worth of player, a w- a wages a week, probably out on loan. I imagine we were paying for most of. Yeah. I mean, that's frightening, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, all these players, I mean, they. You know, Korea, you'll never see. I mean, Korea, you'll never see in a Saints ever again. Same right. for Elianusi. Same for Hoy. I mean, they're all, the the irony is, is we'll just probably keep pumping them out on loan until they just leave on a trip. Yeah. So, is Elianusi's loan has been extended? Has it? Yeah, he's just in Celtic for another year. Yeah. I mean, why we're we not getting a transfer fee from them for that? I mean, the the other thing is Saints were be were rumoured along to you know to get that um, Celtic midfielder. I can't remember his name now. 
Nitchum. Yeah, Oliver right. Nitchum, French guy. But yeah. I mean, that seems to have died a death, hasn't it? So. Yeah, that's gone very quiet. Very, very quiet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously the club are happy, but I mean, you're right. I mean, bringing players back, I think, you know, I we Lamina, obviously, you know, we all know that Lamina has all of that talent. Um, it is, you know, God-given talent, but just won't do it consistently and won't put the effort in. So that obviously brought him out for Ralph straight away. See also Hoyt. Um, Elianich, on the other hand, just didn't look good enough. But Forster is the one that's come back and yeah, fair play to him. That must take a lot of mental strength and resilience to be able to walk back into Saints and say, you know, I want that number one spot. Um, whether he'll get it, I don't know. But, he's, you know, we've got Brentford um, next week. So I think you'll probably see him yeah. about between the sticks for that game next Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, there we go. So, I mean, Tom, let's 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 kind of move on now. I think we need to kind of get away from the transfers. Maybe there'll be another signing. Um, what do we do? Do we go? Let's. Should we do our predictions? Then we'll do the Palace yeah. Palace preview. Um, so let's let's get on to predictions. So, Tom, here we go. I've got some some things here that I want you to to think about. So, Tom, who and and these are predictions that we've done kind of most seasons. Um, I've got our kind of like 18, 19 ones on record here um, to see, you know, if, you know, what one of the categories we had back in 18, 19 was will James Will Prowse have a breakout season? Of which your answer back then was don't know what a James Will Prowse is. Brackets, yeah. no. Obviously, we do know what Fine James drop. Will Prowse is now. We obviously don't need to ask that question anymore. But, you know, who will have a breakout season? Um, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because we don't seem to have a huge number of young players coming through. I mean, you'd, you'd say probably Smallbone yeah. uh, would be the one most likely to. Obviously, really rated by the club. Um, just been given a new contract, I think, hasn't he? Um, clearly, lots and lots of talent. And there was a great quote about, um, I don't know if you saw this, John, I'm talk about athletics too much, but about talking about Smallbone where they said that the difference between him and Hoiberg is you can't you can't teach Hoiberg to be a better passer of the ball but you can get Will Smallbone to bulk up yeah so that's the easier thing to do of those two so yeah I would say Smallbone I mean John what are you, who are you backing uh, I've written down Smallbone here as well so you know let's just watch Nathan Teller have an amazing breakout season I think <laughs> Well, um, I think what's in Smallbone's favour is that we, we don't have many, you know, he's going to probably end up playing a bit of centre field and we just don't have any, whereas Teller is, like, you know, Redmond, Gineppo, Buffal, there's Shane a, Long. There's a long queue there, isn't there, for Nathan Teller yeah. to kind of get, get past first. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Smallbone's going to have a lot of games and, and let's hope it is a breakout season because if it is, that means he's, he's done done really, really well. Um, the next question from 1819 was, will Mark Hughes get Saints playing progressive football? <laughs> Of which me, you, and my brother all said yes to. Um, we know nothing, God. <laughs> we were so optimistic back then. But, you know, instead of saying progressive football, I mean, what's Ralph Ball going to be like this season? Because, I mean, we've seen some really good Ralph Ball. We've some, seen some dreadful Ralph Ball. We don't need to refer to a certain scoreline from last season. But you could argue that wasn't even Ralph Ball. He, he kind of lost his way a bit. But what what 
what are you expecting from the Ralph Hasenhüttl style of football? Well, what will be interesting is if um, other teams learn to play around it because we're still vulnerable, aren't we? Like We're great when people... The Norwich game was a great example of this, wasn't it? Where Norwich just kept trying to play out from the back and Saints just kept winning the ball high up the pitch. And you're sort of like looking at Norwich thinking like, what on earth are you doing? Like, why do you keep doing that? It's just not working for you. Um, you know, like Lemmings just jumping off a cliff. So what will be interesting is if teams um, adjust what they do to bypass the press, because we're still vulnerable, aren't we? Long balls over the top. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and sort of diagonal balls, like the Richarlison goal. Yeah. So we're still hyper-vulnerable on those. So it'll be interesting to see if teams stick to their guns against Saints and sort of, no, we will play out from the back because that's what we do. Or whether they'll um, decide to, you know, just think, right, well, pragmatism wins the, is the order of the day. Just get the ball past the press and we'll, we'll have a decent chance. Yeah. I mean, your your kind of a answer is much more intelligent than mine, which was just going to be amazing but inconsistent. Which I think we'll have. What, what I mean by that is we'll have some amazing results against some of those big teams. So we will, you know, we'll beat some of the big teams next season. I'm sure of it um, because Ralph Ball will disrupt what the big teams are trying to do. But we will probably also still see us lose to the likes of Burnley or West Ham or, or Newcastle United who have that much more direct um, style of football, which we just we just don't know how to defend. I mean, maybe Salusi is going to be the answer to that. Six foot two can head it, head it back or, you know, and quick. I think, you know, that's probably one of the biggest frustrations, especially when Vestergaard was on the pitch, that we were so vulnerable to that long ball football. And you're right, if, if teams go direct, we're going to, we're going to suffer or that's another thing that we need to learn to deal with better this season. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest improvement to Ralph ball will be raising the team, the, the game against, you know, it's not your Man City, is it? It's not your Chelsea. It's not your Tottenham or Man United. It's, can you raise it against Burnley? Mm. Can you raise it against Newcastle? Because, because that's the difference. You know, you, what are we looking at? Nine away wins last year, third best, um, away team in the Premier League in terms of number of victories. Um, only Norwich had a worse home record than us. Yeah. So, you know, for Saints, it, it's about, we can even get two or three more wins at home. Um, you know, all of a sudden that, that propels us much, much further up that table. Uh, but, and the, the irony is, you know, we, we sort of lose to the sort of teams that, you know, like, you know, you know the Newcastle game, which I was at where Saints were awful. Burnley, you know, West Ham, those are three games in that sort of December, January period, which were eminently winnable. Mm. Actually, Newcastle's March. But, you know, all games that we, that you'd have thought we'd get a result. Yeah. And we didn't. And that is the difference between, you know, that's the difference between us finishing like an 11th and us finishing, you know, 7th. Yeah. It, it's those games. And that's the trick for Ralph Ball, isn't it? It's like, you know, lads, yeah, you know, when you're playing Man City and you're being watched by, millions of people all over the world that's great but do it can you also do it in that game that no one else is watching (laughs) yeah apart from you know so that's the difference yeah okay and what do you think we should be targeting this season what should be the like you know in Ralph's strategy that he presents to the board where are we going to where are we going to be aiming top 10 you'd have thought wouldn't you yeah because you have to think they have to make progress and they finished 11th 
the progress of top 10. Yeah. Top 10 and decent cup run. We should be a good cup team. What I don't understand. Well, I mean, historically, um, Ralph Hasenhurtle hasn't done very well in the cups with his teams, which is strange because you thought, you know, that football can beat anyone. Or, you know, is that perhaps another one that kind of highlights that vulnerability to the teams that go more direct that, you, you know, maybe you're more likely to come across a lower league team that's willing to hoof it up and, and beat mm. you that way. I mean, I, I went for yeah. this one. We should be targeting you know, sixth slash seventh, you know, that last Europa League place and, you know, the FA Cup or the League Cup, a, a cup run. I think that's that's got to be a target. Yeah. And if you think like we've got, um, I mean, it's, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because that means if we finish sixth or seventh, that means we've got more points than one of Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, Wolves, Leicester. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Wolves or Leicester are, are impossible, but, you know, yeah, that Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea and Tottenham, they're, they're hard. But, you know, we have done it before. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you think we'll actually finish? What's our end of season position going to be? So if you're targeting the top 10, where are we going to finish? Uh, I think uh, I think my, my actual, I, I, my worry is what we spoke about, John, which is the sense that feel we just look really light. Mm. Um so I'd say probably 12. 12. I just don't think we've got the strength and depth. And I also think there's a, there's a bigger, you know, there's various nightmare scenarios and never one is a Danny Ings injury. Because, yes, while Adams did step up towards the end, um, we still look very light. Yeah. yeah the it... goals, we do need more goals from across the team. You know, Redmond needs to score more, Bufal needs to score more, Gineppo needs to score more. Oh, did... need more goals. Is it, it's... I mean, you make a good point there, but what I think is kind of quite funny about the whole league position is it's so dependent on the other sides around you, isn't it? Because last season we had more points than the season that we finished eighth with Claude Puel, yeah. yet we finished well, by 11th. By quite some way, it was it 54 to 47? So, yeah. Yeah, by quite some distance. And then we were eighth and eleventh. yeah. Completely yeah. agree. So, I mean, with, with my target of like, you know, that last Europa League place, I think we'll finish the place below that. That's That's my end of season prediction so let's say eighth I mean that would be amazing I mean it would be a good season it would be a fun season but ultimately we'll just be pipped to the post at the end Tom there'll be that that little bit of disappointment but you know maybe, maybe well, we'll I, win the I, FA well, Cup I'd take that yeah. I'd take that disappointment would you take getting relegated and winning the FA Cup John yeah you know my answer to this question it's yes well, yeah 100% um, we normally ask who's going to score the most goals from the new signings, um, which last season was quite exciting. So we had obviously Gineppo and Che Adams. Um, and, uh, you know, let's let's have a look, Tom. What did you predict? Um, you predict Elianusi was going to get the most goals out oh, of our dear. new signings. I predicted Vestergaard. James predicted Che Adams. James, my brother, um, who has been on the podcast before. Um so anyway, I guess you've got, you know, you've got Salisa and Carl Walker-Peters to choose from here, Tom. Not necessarily two likely goal scorers. No, I mean, of the two, I would, well, Salisa got one, didn't he, for yeah. real Valadoy. Uh, so I, I would, but I'd still guess Salisa, he's a big unit. Yeah. I've gone I for mean, Salisa also, We don't as well, score that. many direct goals, do we, off corners? No. Vestergaard has got one, didn't he, against Man United? No, he didn't. The, the ball was crossed back in, oh, so no, we no, took a corner. No, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And 
someone crossed it in. I can't remember who it was. Jack Stevens, though, he gets the the occasional direct. Jack Stevens got one against Villa. Danny Ings, was that a free kick? Mm. He scored against Norwich from James Wood Prowse. I can't remember. No, that was a that was from a corner. I don't know. It does for for the for the quality you've got in War Prowse's deliveries, you don't seem to get enough. Yeah. Um Another question that we've had, which again is influenced by previous seasons, but perhaps not last season, is will we do better than just survival? I mean, I'm going for a big yes with the eighth, but at 12th, Tom, what what sort of a 12th position is that? Is that a comfortable mid-table finish or is that, you know, some of it's been a bit nerve-wracking? Um, you know, we didn't know if we were in a relegation battle or not, but ultimately in the end we were okay. I mean, I, I make terrible predictions anyway. So I... You know, you'll remember like a couple of seasons ago, I said, well, yeah, all the, all the promoted teams are all going to get relegated. I mean, like Sheffield United will be relegated before Christmas. So who knows? I mean, you you know, you've got Fulham and West Brom. Can't see them doing much, can you? But everyone's signing. I mean, even Newcastle, you know, I signed Callum Wilson today. Yeah. Good player. Um, you know, the, the player, you know, Leeds bought Rodrigo from Valencia. People are spending big. Um, they're not buying many players, I think, but they're kind of spending big. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, teams like Fulham if they make the same mistakes that they did last time, where they, you know, last time they came to the Premier League, where they just signed an entirely new first team squad mm. and then got promptly relegated. So I think a lot of that will obviously, you know, would depend on how Saints will do. I think, I, yeah, it's going to be such a funny season. And you wonder if the kind of congested season will suit Saints in terms of our style of play, or, or it might be a real detract because of the. You know, because the energy we expend, yeah, um, doing it, it's going to be harder to keep that going over a thirty-eight game season when the season is shorter and the players haven't had proper break. I, I think the one um, thing that we could have done with keeping from last season was the timeouts midway through the half, especially that second half one, the water mm-hmm. break, which Ralph just used incredibly effectively. And I mean, I don't. He's got to find a way of being able to influence the game from the sidelines more effectively, hasn't he? Because we saw when they stopped and you know had a break for two minutes, he was able to definitely impact the game after that. So he's got, he's yeah. got to work out how he can do that in-game management and actually affect a game you know, around about that sort of 70-minute point. But I guess that's um, you know, about the intelligence of the players he's got on, on the pitch. Um, and you'd hope with, yeah, Ward Prowse now as captain, I think that's going to bring something a bit different. Um, you, you just kind of hope he's going to have the ability to get his instructions across. And also, yeah. what's nice is we've not had a wholesale revision of the team. You know, you could argue that there's actually only one new player that's going to come into that team, and that's yeah. Lisa. And we don't know when he's going to come when he's going to come in. It's, it's virtually apart from Hoiberg, the same players last season, and you could argue actually without Hoiberg, it's the same eleven that did Project Restart. Yeah. Um, okay, Tom. Here's the, here's the next one. Next prediction I'd like you to make for is the player to look out for. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think I think um, Shay Adams seems to. But I'm quite excited because Shay Adams is sort of like a bit of a. He's got a bit of a swagger about him, hasn't he? Like yeah. Danny Ings is like a nice boy. Do you think? Shay Adams is almost like, yeah, well, I mean, you weren't on him today, your sister, but, <laughs> but, um, but like, but Shay Adams is a bit more like, 
like pugnacious, you know, he's a bit more scrappy. Yeah. And I think I loved Shannon's goal in Manchester. It, it was brilliant. And I think, you know, his goals against Bournemouth and against Sheffield United were all good goals. And I think, to be honest, they're too often the sort of chances that like a Shane Long misses when they sort of, you know, ball dropping in the box. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about Shane. I think Shane Adams could, you know, could, and also alleviate the burden of Manny Inks, which would be very welcome, I think, from everyone. Um, so yeah, I'm going Shadows. What about you, John? Uh, I've gone for Salisu just because you know I've I've read about him. I'm excited about him, and I think he could he could be a player that you know most people won't have heard of at the start of the season, but most people will know by the end of the season. And, you know, I'm quite excited about Salisu. Um My brother's gone for Carl Walker Peters, so I get you know I think that's a good shout as well. I think he could have a really good season. And, and who do you reckon our player of the season is going to be? He's going to make their mark on the uh, Saints FC podcast. Yeah. Same. That's what I've gone for. So there's you know, no, no debate there. Why is it not going to be Danny Ings? Is it because he just can't have a season as good as last season ever again? I mean, it was wonderful, wasn't it? We can. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way. I mean, if anything, he should have had a better season. He should have scored that bloody penalty against uh, bloody uh, Bournemouth. Was <laughs> yeah, it was Bournemouth. Um, so, but I just think, you know, Ings is, is so talented and he's so clever, I think. But what, what Ward Prowse brings to, I think almost like Ward, Ward Prowse has become, the irony is for like such a seemingly quiet, meek, modern, like, you know, mildly managed guy, he's almost become like a talisman, I think. Um, and I think like things like he did against, uh, it's Iceland, you know, where he scuffed the penalty spot a little bit. I think people are just a sort of people are sort of loving him a little bit, aren't they? A bit, and they're sort of seeing him as just this really important character. So yeah. for me, yeah, James Walker. From cult hero to the to the player of the season. Um and okay. I mean we had youth player to establish themselves in the first team, but I think we've kind of done that with small bone, haven't we? kind of with with a breakout. So I don't know if you think there's anyone else who we might see kind of sneak into the, the first team squad from that under-23 squad. Uh, Jankovic is the one they talk about, isn't he? Yeah. And he's a centre midfielder. He's very young, John. He's only 18. I mean, there's not many 18-year-old centre midfielders in the Premier League. No, I mean, it can happen, though. Um... I mean, it would be amazing if it did. I mean, if that's, if, you know, we go back and listen to this at the end of the season and we think, we were worried about the midfield and little did we know we had Jankovic and Smallbone waiting in the wings to just dominate the whole Premier League. Um, yeah. Perhaps so wish, wishful thinking, like maybe. 37. Yeah. Yeah. Um, younger than me. Who's going to be our top goal scorer next season? Danny Ings, of course he is. Danny Ings. Uh, just because I knew that you'd have to say Danny Ings, I've gone for Chad Adams. But it's probably going to be Danny Ings, isn't it? He's contrarian. Yeah. And and he's going to be the Premier Day League's top goal scorer. Oh. Uh, I go with um, Aubameyang. Ah, oh, damn it. I've got Aubameyang as well. Well, it's not going to be Harry Kane, is it, by the looks of things? Because he already looks knackered. And you've got Mourinho in charge oh, of Tottenham. How can Harry Kane be knackered already? Yeah. Um, 
who else have you got in the running? You've got Mane, you've got Mohamed Salah. I mean, you can never rule Aguero out, can you? Aguero, yeah. Sterling, perhaps. Um, yeah. You don't think of Sterling, do you? But then he's just quietly there getting 20 goals every season. Yeah. Um, I, I, my money will be on about, about me. Because I think as well, Arsenal are just going to build their team around him. Yeah, and everything's just going to go through about yeah. Yeah, and and Arsenal are looking a lot better now, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're they're probably going to be pushing. I think for the top four again potentially um, this season. Um, so my yeah. brother in all his optimism has gone for Ings and Ings. So Ings is going to be Saints Premier and the Premier League top <laughs> goal scorer. Who's your top four going to be, Tom? Are Liverpool going to retain the title? Man City going to come back? Of Burnley going to finally get their hands um, on the Premier League? So top four from ascending order. The house is like, yeah, from so I would say, uh, I think oh, I guess I think Man United fourth, um, Chelsea third, uh, Man City second, Liverpool first. Mm. Just can't. I'll see Liverpool not winning it, can you? Because they've also managed to keep hold of that team. And do I think... don't know if Nathan Ake... Yeah, and I don't think Nathan Ake is going to be the... You know, they're, they're a shambles at the back, Man City, aren't they? Which is not to say it, but they are. And I don't know if Nathan Ake is the one that you need to kind of... is going to make that much of a difference. He's going to shore them up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, he looked pretty... I know he's playing in a terrible team, but he looks pretty shaky. For ball, but he didn't make, I know he didn't make a single mistake for 120 games that led to a Premier League goal and all these things. But, um, you know, he, he wasn't that good either. So yeah. it, it almost just struck me as there aren't that many good centre-backs that fit Man City's profile, so they just went and bought the one that was. Do you think Salisi is going to be next on their shopping list by the end of next season? Probably, yeah. But, you know, but then he's, you know, if he is, then it's going to cost them more, like forty, fifty million quid. Well, it would be because he's had a, a great season. If, if that is the case, then they find another one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my brother's Absolutely. gone Man, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United. I f- presume from top to bottom, and I've gone for Man City, Liverpool, Man United, then Arsenal. So there we go. None of us it's think that me, Tottenham are going to Chelsea. Players signed are just phenomenal, aren't they? Yeah, but they've still got Frank Lampard as their manager. I'm still not 100% convinced yet. True. Yeah. True. Um, but, you know, they're a good shout, I think. They they, they, they could do it. And, it, okay, here's, here's probably a, perhaps a more interesting question, Tom, is who's going to be the um, the bottom three? Um, you don't have to put these in order. I just wonder who you think is going to get relegated. But you can't... Fulham and West Brom, you can't see... Past those two, um, don't know about Leeds. Leeds are spending big, aren't they? And you, you know, they're quite frankly backed in Bielsa as a very, very shrewd manager. Um, I mean, obviously, I'll go with my dream, John. My dream would be West Ham. <laughs> Always hopeful, Tom. Always. Just, that's hopeful. my dream, John. You got to have a dream in life, and mine is to see West Ham relegated. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you've been hoping for that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
here you go. And I've got one left field one here. And uh, I've actually I've actually taken your prediction from last season. And I think Sheffield United are going to get relegated this season. Ooh. What's that based on, John? I think, you, you know, when a band comes out with an amazing first album, an amazing kind of like they first like season. Strokes. Yeah. And then the second one is just dreadful. Uh, no, I, I'm thinking it's going to be even worse. I think it's, we're going to be, we're talking about Stone Rose's second coming levels of dreadfulness here. Like M- MGMT or someone like that. Yeah. I, I, I just think that they're just not going to be very good next season. And I think they're going to struggle. And then I think they might, you know, it'll be one of those ones where either they'll hang on to Chris Wilder for too long or, you know, they might go through three managers, sort of Watford style. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think they will. I mean, I think uh, what, what's interesting is they've not signed another strike out base. Mm. They're a fascinating team because they're, they finish really highly and they don't seem to have strikers that score, you know, Leeds Mousset scored a few, Billy Sharp scored a few, McBurney scored a few. I think McGoldrick got, um, like McGoldrick one. got one. So, yeah, they might get found out. But then, they're a very good team and they've kept their team together, haven't they? They've mm. kept that, that unit. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I, I, that, I, I disagree with that. I'm that's afraid. my wild one. And the other two, I've got Villa and West Brom taking up those positions. I think somehow Fulham are going to, you know, the obvious one I would have gone for would have been Villa, West Brom and Fulham. But I wanted to be more more controversial than that. So I've gone Villa, West Brom and Sheffield United. Um, yeah. Who's going to be the Saints cult hero next season? So we've got Ward Powers already, so we can't kind of... I, I don't think he can win it two years in a row. No. Uh, cult hero... Um, I think... I think you know isn't it the season is ripe for a Gineppo breakout surely okay yeah you, you can he's have that he's a funny player isn't he yeah he's one of those players that will do amazing stuff and some dreadful stuff probably yeah I mean just a funny player only two goals you'd think he'd have got more my brother's gone for Chele which is a good, good shout. Oh. Che Adams. Yeah. I think he, you yeah. know, he could do it. Um, you know, I, I've gone for Carl Walker-Peters. I think he's just going to really... I think everyone's going to love him. Yeah. I, I just really like him. I mean, I was a bit down on him after the Burnley game. But then I think playing against Burnley isn't really the measure of any footballer now. I think it's what we're learning. Yeah. Because um, they're just so different and so difficult to play against I think but in terms of what I love about Carl Peters is he's really skillful and he's not afraid to use it so he just quite happily dribbled past like three players to get the ball out of right back when anyone else would just hoop it down the line I mean, um, he could also potentially get found out a couple of times couldn't he doing that sort of stuff yeah that's the price you pay isn't it no yeah. I thought he I think he's really talented yeah I, I, Is he a future um, England right back? I think he could be. I mean, seeing what his namesake Carl Walker did, you know, against Iceland, <laughs> yeah. I think you did know there, there could be a um, there could be a potential England cap for Carl Walker Peters at some point. Yeah, I mean, how old is Carl Walker? He's got like thirty-one or something. 
Did you see him get sent off, John? Yeah, it was, such an it was so thing. bad, wasn't it? It was so awful. He's 30, Carl, Carl Walker, coming up to 31. No, no, we're not actually coming up to 31. They won him in quite a while. So he's just, yeah. I think um, I, I'd like to see Carl Peters getting them count because they're not, we're not blessed with right backs, are we, in England? We're better with obviously Trent Alexander Arnold. So there you go. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. It's a bit like, um, you know, being a tennis player in the time, like being Andy Murray, isn't it, in the time of sort of Djokovic and Nadal and Federer. Um, having having Alexander Arnold in front of you. But yeah, I'd like to, I think, you know, you could see him in the squad. Him and him and, him and Alexander Arnold could be in as right backs for the next sort of five, six years, can they? Well, Alexander Arnold will be for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, if they kind of carry on in the current trajectory, I think so. I mean, maybe, could that be one of your bonus predictions? There's there's points for bonus predictions. Is that Carl Walker-Peters to get an England cap before the end of the season, Tom? Yeah, let's go with that. I think that's a nice one. Yeah. I mean, I think if you... I mean, if I'm just looking at the England squad now, who are the other right-backs? Trent Alexander-Arnold or Kieran Trippier, obviously. Yeah. I have strong views on England in terms of that they shouldn't be playing. They they should have the best players doing the best things rather than having Kieran Trippier take every set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran Trippier, it's funny because he's not been very good for quite a long time now, but he was obviously brilliant in the 2018 World Cup, so you know, he's still there. I think, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Gareth Southgate's almost got to the point where his loyalty is getting in the way of his better judgment, which felt so fresh right at the start. But, you know, perhaps... You know, we saw yeah. James Ward-Prowse, we've seen Danny Ings, we've seen Phil Foden coming in, Green was coming in, so maybe... You know, maybe Trippier's days are... Maybe he's not seen Carl Walker-Peters yet. You know, it was post-lockdown, really, that he came to the fore. So there you go. I think yeah. that, I think that's a good prediction. Carl Walker-Peters, England cap. Yeah, I like it. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gone for Saints will beat Liverpool. How do you fancy that one, Tom, this season? Um, it's a no from me. No? I'm afraid. No, I just can't see it. They're just... I mean, they'll play well against Liverpool, but they're just so good, aren't they? Yeah. My brother's gone so, for Chadham's getting more than 10 goals this season. I think that's... Yeah, I, I would totally go with that. I yeah. think that's actually quite quite soft on, on Shea. I think Shea will be looking more than maybe 12, 13. Oh, yeah. I, do, I think you could be right. Who, and this is, I think, a tough one to answer, who's going to be Saints' number one keeper at the end of the season, Tom? I still think it's going to be McCarthy. Okay. But at the same time, um, who knows? I don't know, because he's, he's clearly not... Um, he's clearly not got the full confidence, is he, of the passing hero. No. And it's, I mean, I reckon Hasenhutl must have given Forster some sort of hints. That Yeah, well, he wouldn't have come back, would he, surely? Yeah. But also at the same time, um, you know, there's also an argument that Rob Forster's, Rob Forster is well, possibly the most highest earning, the highest earning player at Saints. Um. You know, so maybe he just kind of has to come back to kind of earn that money. Yeah. 
So we, we're ruling out Angus Gunn and we think it's going to be between Forster and McCarthy. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think with Khan, I think he just had that horror show, didn't he? And it wasn't really, it wasn't his fault, but it's just difficult to come back from that. But then he's young for a goalkeeper. What is he? Twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, young. So, yeah, I mean, Plenty I think they'll chuck him out on loan for a, yeah. They'll chuck him out on loan for a, for, a, for a season, and then I'll be absolutely fine. And who's going to be our centre back pairing at the end of the season? Felice. And uh, I would argue uh, the uh, Bednarek, which is sad, isn't it? Really, because I want Stevens to play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too loyal. I could never be a football manager. No, we just like because we like Jack Stevens. We just play every game. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Are we going to have some iconic commentary to replace our current Saints FC podcast intro? So, well, if we get, uh, so, so, if we so get Tom, a, we've a got just to remind run. you, we've got FA Cup winning goal nineteen seventy six, Matt Letizia's last goal at the Dell, and Shane Long's goal against Liverpool to get us through to the League Cup final. So, there going to be anything more iconic than that I this season? I don't know. I mean, because. If you think about it, that's either like an FA Cup winning goal. Yeah. The goal that takes us to Wembley. Yeah. Or a goal which I don't think there could actually be any equivalent to. Because obviously the TCA last goal of the day was just so uniquely majestic. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, I hope so. And I think, you know, if you're if we had get a good cup run, then there's every chance we have done. Yeah, I mean, F- FA Cup winning goal commentary to add to that that one in 1976. That would be pretty good. I mean, we've been waiting long enough now, Tom, haven't we? Yeah, we deserve it. I mean, we, you know, we, what are we supposed to do? We've got a job. I mean, I'm 38. I mean, you know, surely at some point uh, I'm going to see us win something. <laughs> I mean, well, you have had the Johnson's Paint Trophy, Tom. Yes, that is true. That is true. Who could forget the JPT? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I, will, I would very happily take that. My gut says no, but my heart says yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and will we get to see a game in person? Will the Saints of Sea podcast be physically present at a Southampton game next season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're talking about getting people in, aren't they, already in October? Yeah. Now, whether they will... I don't know where they're talking about that. I'd hope so, John. It's not the same, is it, watching it on TV every day? No, no, I want I want to go. I definitely want to go. My just my worry is, is that we've sold a lot of season tickets and unless we're getting to the point where we're going to have full stadiums again, you know, these season ticket holders are going to be sharing their opportunities to go to St Mary's, aren't they? They're going to be on a sort of rotor. Mm amongst each other well, I, I just, no space for anyone else, yeah so. I just wonder if there's ever going to be a chance for anyone who's not a season ticket holder to get to a game but maybe yeah and away games in particular which we, we prefer don't mm. we um, yeah tricky very tricky I mean I, I'd hope so but at the same time I just really don't know mm. Mm. tricky yeah but I'm going to go for an optimistic yes yeah, I think you kind of have to, don't you? Really, we have to be optimistic. Yeah, 
Maybe they'll have the vaccine ready by like February, March, Tom. And then we can just go and watch all the last games of the season. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. My parents have moved to near Brighton, so I definitely want to go to Brighton away. So, yeah. you know, come on, guys. So, go something, get that vaccine. Something to aim for. Pull your finger out. <laughs> I mean, you'd have thought they'd have someone working on it by now, Tom, wouldn't you? I'm going to check in with Matt Hancock. They should have someone doing something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the, those are all the predictions I've got written down, Tom. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to say about what Saints season is going to be? Anything that you want to, you know, pin to the mast and be like, this is what Tom Parker reckons the 2020-21 season is going to be? Uh, what I will say is I reckon we shouldn't have sold Harrison Reed. Yeah. I think that's the boo-boo. I just think he was he could have been perfect Saints man. You think no, we might live to regret that one? Yeah, not angry. I'm just disappointed. Okay. What about you, John? Um, Go for it. Go wild. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? These these predictions. It's just like having a stab. I mean, I've already gone wild with Sheffield United getting relegated. That is pretty mm. wild. And Saints beating Liverpool. You've gone out there. Two things that. I'd be very surprised if they happened. Mm. Yeah. I do, I, I do think one of those players that we've let go, maybe Reed or Lamina might get a goal against us. I think that could be, that could happen. Right, Tom, I mean, we've got a game at the weekend, which we haven't even talked about yet. No, I know, gosh. Palace away. Yeah. Good ground for us in recent years. Good ground for it's. I mean, is this actually the perfect first game of the season for Saints because I'm sure you've seen the stats but Saints record in the first game of the season I think for the last like 22 or 23 seasons we've won two or three matches yeah barely any yeah I think yeah I I agree I think it's a perfect game I think Palace you know obviously they've still got Zaha he seems to be some sort of cursed character in a Greek um, tragedy player that just could never leave where he, where he is and just, just stuck there forever and doing all the same thing brilliantly and then just never getting a move. Um, they obviously signed that Etze guy from QPR who's meant to be very good um, but they're still quite light at the back and you know what did we get? We, we win 2-0 there last year? Yeah, Redmond and Armstrong. Two brilliant goals. I, you know, I, I agree with you John. I think they, they would have wanted an away game They'll have wanted a game against a team that um, doesn't do a sort of high press. Um, and I think they'll fancy their chances against Spurs. I really think they will. I'm sorry, against Palace. You know, I think you could see us, You could see us adding to our, our first game of the season win ratio. Which, a rare as you say, is Saints awful. win. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's not a way to Burnley or Newcastle or, or, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or a home against like, Arsenal or something. But yeah, I'd say this and then. Yeah, then it's then it all goes. We go against Spurs. Very exciting. I'm yeah. really excited. Okay, great. I, I'm very pleased. So, a bit of context. Last season, when we beat um, Palace, we moved up to ninth at the time, and that was just before our kind of bad run before lockdown. Our wobble. Yeah. yeah. God. Yes. If only we'd sorted out Got that wobble, how, how much wobble. better we would yeah. have been. Could have, could have gone to Europe. Yeah. And then we've got, what is it, Brentford next as well? Brentford and then Spurs. And then Spurs. So, And then we've got know. the horrendous Burnley away fixture. Yeah. But you'd think they would be aware of that now, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
But it's not going to make any difference, is it? They're just going to hammer us with catapults into the box. We're losing three now. Yeah. I mean, it's fairly, I actually kind of already looking at that, as I think it's fairly critical that we beat Palace, get those three points early, then we can play Tottenham well, without I, any fear. Yeah. And then. Well, so I think they were fancy Tottenham, weren't they? I think so. And also, if you look at our opening, I think this was on Dan Sheldon's piece on the Athletic earlier. There are other news publications available, by the way, listeners. We just assess the Athletic. Um, but um, but yeah, I think we've got a very kind sort of first nine games, haven't we? I think Tottenham and Chelsea are the only teams you play that you'd be actually scared of. Yeah. Do you, do you want to have a quick rundown? Palace. Go for it, John. Tottenham. Burnley. West Brom. Chelsea. Everton, Villa, Newcastle, Wolves. Then we've got Man United. Um, so what's that? That's our first 10 games, pretty much. Yeah. Nine games. 10 games, including Man United. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're going to be in better shape this season. It's, it's a more of an even spread. There's hard games there, but then there's games which are eminently winnable interspersed between them. But then, you know, do we have anything... Do, do we really need to worry about it? I mean, let's look at the end of last season. We um, you know, beat Bournemouth, beat Sheffield United, you know, drew with Man United. There was there was some you know good, uh, beat Man City obviously. Some some good results towards the end of last season. If we can keep that sort of form, third best in the league at the time. I mean, that's what we want, isn't it, Tom? Absolutely. It has to be. It has to be. It has to you almost want it just to be like um the, the the break we've had is just like an international break and we just carry on like we were. Yeah. So I mean your your game is not gonna be a slow start. Everyone's gonna be fitter, happier, more productive, you know, re- ready to to hit that first game against Palace. Is is that what you're feeling? Is that what you're sensing, Tom? Can you feel yeah, it in the waters? I I quite I got a good feeling, John. I think the the mood of everything you see, the mood around the club seems to be really positive. Um, I do think they'll miss Hoibo, but I think they'll get away with it initially. So yeah, I think there's you know loads of reasons to be cheerful, loads of reasons to be optimistic. You know, we're going to have maybe two players start for England tomorrow night. Um, that was really inspiring to the other players. Uh, you know, other young players at Southampton. So. Yeah, I'm really excited about Saturday. Really look forward to it. Well, I, I think, Tom, on that note, with all this positivity and looking forward to the first Premier League weekend of the season, we should we should call it a night. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, well, Tom, it was an absolute pleasure, as always. Listener, um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, you can write in at saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your predictions, what kind of left field ideas can you throw at us we might read some of those out if you can if you can go really wild with your predictions um and we might read those out on, on the next next episode where we will know a little bit about what saints start of the season's looking like very exciting Don. very yeah. exciting indeed right so there's only one more thing now to do and that's that's listen to the saints fans sing us out so cheerio everyone